We're so glad you've joined us today. We hope that you will hear something in today's podcast that will encourage you to find joy in your journey with Jesus. Tanya, today we're going to talk about something that I believe a lot of us struggle with, and that is broken relationships. We, we live in a world where we have relationships with other people, be it family members, friends, co-workers, and there are times when just those relationships get broken. How do we mend them? That's what we're going to talk about. Jill, I think that's really a great topic for us to explore today, and I look forward to sharing some things that I have done and some things I know I should have done or maybe need to do now, because we all have relationships that have maybe not in the best spot that they need to be. Right, and so let's start like we always like to do is, what does Jesus say about how we can mend broken relationships? Well, Tanya, the first thing I know he would say is you need to forgive. There's something that needs to be forgiven. And it's hard at times to forgive and move forward because what if we've been hurt by someone that, even someone maybe close to us, a family member, a close friend, a coworker. But even in biblical times, there were strained relationships. There was betrayals, broken relationships. And the disciples of Jesus knew how important it was to forgive and that they needed to forgive. So we're gonna look at what Jesus would say about forgiveness. That sounds great, Jill. You know, I think it comes down to love. I think we'll be able to explore some areas where we can love differently than maybe we have at certain points or maybe at a certain time now that we need to love a different way and get back to how God has loved us. Right. Let's love like Jesus. Yes. The other day I found a sweatshirt that said that and I thought, I I like that. I really do. And the way he loved, he first would forgive. Yes. So we're going to explore that and some practical ways to deal with mending these broken and strained relationships. So we'd like to invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus and he will bring the Bible to life for you. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning not quite certain what you have in store for us to learn today and to share today, but we trust that you're going to explore this topic of relationships, broken relationships, areas where we can improve, and you're going to show us how we need to do that. You have given us your example in both your actions and your, your Bible. You show us how we can love each other better. And so, Lord, right now, we just ask that you strengthen us and carry us through as we get to learn more about you today and open our eyes to see you in a new way. Lord, we love you and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, listeners, the first step to mending broken or strained relationships is forgiveness. Tanya, have you ever heard this? Forgiveness will set you free. I have. Not quite put that way, but yes, that's exactly what it does. It releases you from having that concern or that worry or that whatever is hanging over that opportunity. It gives you the ability to look at it differently, forgive them, and move move forward with what you have stored. And we may have to forgive the same person time after time after time again. Has that ever happened to you? I know it has to me. 
you know, I have had that happen to me. And it's usually in those relationships where you're closer to someone that you have that having to forgive again. And, and it's really in our closer relationships that I find it more challenging for me to have that ability to forgive as quickly. Stranger, someone I don't know as well, I can usually forgive them pretty quickly, but those that I hold a little closer to my heart, yes, I'm gonna forgive them, but yes, sometimes I have to do it more often, and yes, sometimes I do it with some grumbling, and I'm not supposed to do that. <laughs> I get that, and it is hard, and there are times when we forgive, and then we have to forgive again and again, and it just keeps going, and we're like, well, how many times am I gonna to have to forgive this person? I'm really done. But let's look at what Jesus says, and I'm gonna read in Matthew 18, verses 21 through 22, because Peter, one of Jesus' disciples, came up to Jesus and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times is what he asked. The reason he said seven times is because Peter knew that the Jewish practice of pardoning someone for an offense was three times. That's what the Bible had said, three times the law was at the time. So he kind of more than doubled it and said, so do I have to forgive him as many as seven times? And Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And some translations say 70 times seven. That might be what you're reading if you're listening. Okay, Tanya, that's a lot of times. And the point is, Jesus was saying we must forgive an unlimited number of times and how important it is to forgive as many times as it takes. This is a tall order, isn't it? It is, but let's look what all God forgives us for each and every day. And when you look at it from his perspective, we come back and we've maybe sinned against him multiple times over, done the same thing multiple times over. We go to him and we know that when we go and ask, he's going to forgive us because he loves us that much. Leads me to a scripture. It comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 9. Love must be sincere. We must love in action and forgive others just as Jesus forgives us. Good points that you make. And I was just thinking about that. How many times do we have to ask for forgiveness from our Father? I mean, think about our lifetime. I don't even know that we can count. It is an unlimited amount of time. So, like you said, our Father has forgiven us time and time again. In fact, Jesus prayed for the Father to forgive them for they know not what they do. Have you ever prayed that? I was thinking about the other day. Have I ever prayed, forgive so-and-so for what they did, because they know not what they do? And we have to love from that spirit, because that's how we've been taught, by the example of Jesus and what all he has taught and preached to us throughout his lifetime, and then we get to reread in his word. Mm -hmm. This is where the Bible comes to life. It's not only a historical document, it is a living document that shows us how we need to act and respond today. And we need to apply it to our current relationships. We sure do. So if there's someone in your life that maybe you've isolated yourself from, you've built a wall because you just, you're done, you, you, you've forgiven them time after time again and they still hurt you, you can forgive 
them by asking Jesus to help you. You know, Father, they know not what they do, but help me to forgive them. And it's freeing to your soul. The other thing Jesus says is not only forgive them, but pray for your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. So really, pray for those who persecute you? Yes, it says that in Matthew 5, verses 44. Jesus says to love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Have you ever prayed for those who've hurt you? I have, and it really has made a difference. Not only in my perspective, but in how I approach those that have hurt me in the past. Because we've all been hurt. We're human beings. We're vulnerable. It helps me to think through. There's a couple of things that create trust. For some, it's authenticity. They're able to be actually who they are. It doesn't matter where you find them, what they're saying. They are authentic with who they are. They're vulnerable. They allow their insecurities to show and, and let that work with them instead of against them. And then we find consistency. All of those three factors equate to trust. That made me think, how am I responding to Jesus? How am I praying to God? Am I trusting Him? Am I being authentic with Him? Am I being vulnerable? Am I letting my weakness shine mm -hmm. through? And am I being consistent? Because when I do all those things in my relationship with God, I'm going to be able to give that to the people around me, which will make it easier for those relationships. But also, let me let God's love shine through. Mm -hmm. Yes, when you work on your, the most important relationship with Jesus Christ, you're right. Then all these other relationships start falling into place. When you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind, then it's easier. And you can love your neighbor as yourself, even those that have hurt you. So I think you make a good point. Not only do we need to forgive that person to move forward, but we need to develop a closer relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, I've even had to say, Lord, I give this person to you in this situation to you because right now I can't deal with it. And it's really hard to go back into the fire, so to speak. But when you give that person over to God and you pray for them and you do that consistently and continually, it grows your relationship with the Lord because you know he's got it. Jill, we all have a responsibility to see our relationships, whether they be acquaintances or are very close individuals to us, to look at it through the eyes of the kingdom law and how God would view it. And it's our responsibility to act responsibly about what we know. You mentioned a moment ago about forgive them, they know not what they do. The person that you may have a discord with may be someone who doesn't know the Bible. Maybe we need to pray for them. Maybe we need to show them God's love and action and build that relationship in a different way to get them closer to God. Yes, love like Jesus, like we said a minute ago. And one other thing, Tanya, I think is a problem. I know I've done this, is we keep a record of wrongs. We and, do. And we hold on to, well, they did this, they did this, so I am not going to do this. I'm not going to be the first one to forgive. That's not what Jesus said. Go to the person and ask 
for forgiveness. Maybe you have done something. You know, we don't ever want to point the finger at ourselves and admit. But, Correct. But usually there's two sides, you know, two wrongs, two people who kind of have a different way of viewing it. So going to that person first and saying, is there something that I can do, you know, something I did to offend you or hurt you? I am so sorry. And that's freeing, too, even if the other person doesn't accept your apology. I've had that happen where I went to someone who we, were, we had a strained relationship over an issue. And I went to her and said, you know, I'm so sorry. I would love to mend our friendship. I'm sorry if I did anything. She looked at me and said, I'm not sorry. And I'm, I wouldn't I, change the way I behaved or what I did. And so, you know, that may happen. Hopefully not. But in that situation, you have done what God has called you to do. And you have gone and you have forgiven them. It doesn't mean to get back into that relationship with them. That's because true. That is very true. And one of the ways that we can do this is relying on the Holy Spirit. It is not about our own actions. It is truly about the Holy Spirit moving in us, cultivating, loving, healthy relationships. Even when we get that rebuttal back, that's not what we anticipate. Mm -hmm. Even when it's not that same response back, God does expect us to act upon what he has taught us to do. And we can do that through the Spirit. Exactly. I love that you said that. And, and looking at the scripture, if you go back to Matthew 18, verse 15, talking about if your brother sins against you. If your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. Don't bring someone with you. Correct. That creates another problem. Go alone. Talk to them. If he listens to you, you have gained a brother. If you can reconcile them and restore that broken relationship, which is the goal, and you've tried and you're forgiven and they're receptive, then you've gained your brother. But it might happen that they aren't and they're not ready. They don't want to forgive. They have bitterness in their heart. At that point, you have done all you can do. Move on. You have forgiven them between you and the Lord. You've said it to them. What else can you do? Just, well, we can pray. Like we said, keep praying for them. And let me give you a scripture this morning. This is coming from Colossians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. So then, just as you receive Jesus Christ as Lord, continue to live your lives in Him, rooted and built up in Him, Strengthen in the faith you were taught and overflowing with thankfulness. When you come at it from that approach, you can get past the stuff mm-hmm. that typically gets in the way. You know, I've talked about the stuff I hear between my ears is usually not always the best thing that I need to hear at the time. But I can turn that around and change it. You can do the same thing in your relationship. You just have to be motivated to look beyond yourself get past your own pride. I know I have struggled with this most of my life. I think it's a little bit easier for me uh, coming from a smaller family, but it is so important that we embrace what God has given us and we forgive, as we talked about earlier, and we love, and we give those open dialogues Not that it necessarily goes the way we want it to or we have planned, but that we open it up so that God can work. Right, and embrace grace. Yes. Because we've been given grace 
so we are to give grace. And sometimes grace means just to forgive them in your heart, to give the whole situation and even that person to the Lord to deal with, and you move on. I'm telling you folks, it works. I've done that before. And you've got to, first of all, forgive. Then second of all, maybe go to them and maybe there is something you've done that's causing them to act that way towards you and, and openly say you're sorry, you want to mend the relationship, see if that works. And then this is very important, the next step. Don't hold on to the offense. Okay, that's a hard one. In fact, I've done that in my life, holding on to the bitterness, the offense of what has happened. That one night I was sleeping and, and I kept hearing, not really hearing, but just coming to my mind, 431, 431, those numbers, 431. I'm like, okay, what? What is 431? <laughs> and sure enough, I opened my Bible. I just felt like this is a way that, you know, when we talk about hearing God's voice, that you just, something in your mind. So I looked up, I was like, what would 431? I had been studying the book of Ephesians. So I looked up, okay, what's 431? Okay, <laughs> listen to what 431 says. I was just like blown out of the water. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God and Christ forgave you. That's verses 31 and 32. I kind of read forward. So I knew, okay, the Lord is telling me I am holding on to that bitterness, to the offense of what has happened. And it's really eating me alive because that's all I can think about. And I just, you keep replaying, why did that person hurt me? What, what you know, should I have done? Or what do I wish she would have done? Or, you know, and you just keep going. And it's just, it's not good. It's not good. Instead, forgive one another. Be kind. So that may help someone out there. Are you holding on to the offense? Well, and remember this too. This comes from Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. Two are better than one because they have a good return on their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other one up. But pity anyone who falls and has no he has no one to help them. You know, you may be in someone's life in a relationship of some type, whether it be friendship, workship, whatever the the relationship is based upon. They may be able to help you more than you can help them and vice versa, but Two are better than one. The Lord even tells us where two or more are gathered, I am there with you. So there is so much that can be done when you put those relationships in the right perspective mm -hmm. and you use them for God's goodness. Even if it's a lesson learned, even if you can't come to that common ground and that commonality where you can grow that relationship, a lot of times you can still have respect that will continue to outweigh that may grow into something more. You know, it's interesting you say common ground, because I was just going to talk about that. A practical way, perhaps, to restore a relationship with someone that can be restored. You know, there are some that may never be restored, and, and that's hard, and maybe just not yet cannot be restored. I mean, I believe every relationship eventually can be. But there may be some that you can just find a common ground practically something to talk about an icebreaker that gets you back in their life something maybe that you feel like you can open the door and ask a question or 
that they have something of interest with you and I think that might work. I've had that happen as well. And just something very simple, it could be another relationship, you know, you both know the same person at work and you can say, did you hear this about so-and-so and, you know, they are doing so well or whatever and got to get you back talking to that person. Sometimes it's just, we're both so stubborn, we don't want to be the first one to <laughs> open the door. I mean, you know? Oh, and I can be pretty bullheaded. So um, I, it took me a long time to realize I was stubborn. I just thought that was the way everyone was. That is not necessarily the case. Let me um, share this with you as well. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. You need grace and mercy to be able to go to God. He gives it freely every day. Give those broken relationships the grace and mercy they need to reestablish, even if different, in a path that could be beneficial. Yes, and when you do that and when you start walking in that grace and in that love, you will find that the power of the Holy Spirit will strengthen you in your inner being, that you can go on and keep going. And you halted from doing what God wants you to do. You're able to share. And you can actually pray for spiritual strength. Yes, you can. There's a great prayer in Ephesians 3. I just love it. And you can pray for spiritual strength for that other person that you're dealing with. Listen to this. I'm just going to read it. It's, it's a beautiful prayer that was written. And it's Ephesians 3, 14 through 21. And if you have your Bibles open, mark that. Mark those verses. This will really encourage your soul. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Pray that for yourself, for that person that has hurt you, we all need more strength, and especially in our inner being, and that love that Christ has for us, that it will be rooted in us. Jill, you're so right. And we know there are relationships out there that are a challenge. We know that there are some that we avoid. I've got a couple that I avoid. But in my heart and in my prayers, I have asked God to help them, to pray for them, to help them through a challenging time. Maybe I'm not the right person to be in front of them. That doesn't keep me from praying for them. And nobody has to know that, but God not. Right. And when you let it go, it is so freeing. It's like you let these chains go. And it, it just frees you from that bitterness. You know, they say, don't let the sun go down on your anger. You know, it creates something in you that you do not want. And, you know, the thing of it is, that other person is not even thinking about you. No, not at all. And when you're sitting here stewing over it, and you know, most of the time, they're not even thinking about it. 
I have found that to be true. And there's a lot in that because a lot of times we get caught up in certain aspects that some people are just not reading it the same way that we do. Right. So I just think if we can learn to forgive, learn to let go of the offense, learn to to maybe go to that person, have the courage with that power of the Holy Spirit working in you, Him, Jesus, the Holy Spirit working in you, go to that person and be the first to forgive. Even if that person rejects you, you've done what is good in the Father's eyes. And if you know that you need to have that opportunity and you don't have currently the self gumption or fortitude to go do that right now, pray about it. You will be amazed at what you pray for and how that processes in your heart and your spirit and can translate to a change in your everyday. Because just as the Father welcomes us home and loves us and forgives us and will not abandon us when we ask for forgiveness, we can forgive and ask for forgiveness for other people. And, and practice that. Love like Jesus. Yes. A wonderful story that's in the Bible. I know a lot of us have heard about it in Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son. Are you familiar? I love this story. With that story. Where a man had two sons, a younger son and an older son. The younger son said, Father, go ahead and give me my share of my property. I want to go and, and use it. And so he did. He gathered it all, took a journey into the far country and he squandered the property in reckless living, and he spent every dime he had. A severe famine arose in that country, and he began to be in need. So he had to actually go and, and be sent into the field to feed pigs. And he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate, but no one gave him anything. You know, Tanya, he had just lost it all, spent it all. And... Then there was an older son who stayed by his father, did what he was to do, and he was always working and, and doing the right thing. But guess what? The father still loved both of the sons the same. And there came a time where the younger son came back. Do you think that father welcomed that son back home even though he had spent all he had, had had, had some reckless living had not maybe done what the older son had done? Having my own son, yes, we always welcome home. Doesn't matter what has happened. We welcome with open arms and loving hearts, even when it's tough. Even when it's tough. And that father said, bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they began to celebrate. In that same way, God is celebrating you when you come home, when you forgive. He has forgiven you. So maybe you're not forgiving because you haven't forgiven yourself. Forgive yourself. The Lord has already forgiven you. And forgive that person who has wronged you, for they know not what they do. And even if they do, what? He or she has meant for harm, God will use it for his good. Absolutely. And I want to 
kind of wrap up with kind of a scripture that kind of brings all this together. And it comes from 1 John chapter 4, verse 7. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born and knows God. Let us use this to springboard where we are with our current relationships to where we want to be with our current and future relationships. Love, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. Let us pray. Oh dear Heavenly Father, we've learned so much in your word about how to mend these broken relationships that we all struggle with. Lord, we know that you tell us to forgive, so help us to forgive time and time again to forgive. And Lord, help us not to cling on to this bitterness, but instead let go and give others grace. We thank you for the grace and mercy and love that you've given us so much that Lord, we want to thank you and be able to give that to other people. So Lord, heal these broken relationships. Help us to do what it is that you want us to do. Help us to pray for these people that have hurt us. And Lord, as we pray, we will grow closer to you. For you are the most important relationship that we want to develop and grow. And so thank you, Lord, that we are able to do this as we pray, as we study, as we let go and let you live in us. Thank you for strengthening us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're so glad you joined us today. Remember, you can do a simple search, Journey with Jesus, and find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, and coming soon to Pandora. You can also reach out to us in email. We'd love to hear from you or if you have a special prayer request at journeywithjesus2019 at gmail.com. There's joy in the journey when you journey with Jesus.